and welcome to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, the owner of Meraki Media Management. The End in Mind is a place where we come to share stories, tips, and strategies of many entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just some people that aren't willing to live the traditional lifestyle. We talk about how to live outside of the box today and how to incorporate what really is important in your life to keep that end goal always in mind. Again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of way, you can find me on Instagram at Meraki underscore media underscore management. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks so much and enjoy our show. Welcome back, everybody, to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, and I'm really excited about today's episode. I have a wonderful guest with me here. Her name is Katie Holland. Katie Holland is the sacred dance therapist, dance artist, energy worker, and she's also the creator of the Awakened Belly Dance. I'm so excited for this interview, you guys. This is going to be so fun. Katie experienced a soul awakening at age seven, and her first kundalini awakening at age 27 which activated her life mission originally from england and currently based in egypt katie has lived and danced around the world since 2006 she has successfully expanded her business whilst performing for celebrities and studying with masters of cultural dances tantra shamanism, yoga, dynamic meditation, and healing techniques. Katie offers one to two to one online personal development, mentoring, webinars, workshops, and retreats for trainings worldwide. I am so excited for this interview. How are you, Katie? Thanks for being here. I'm excited too. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. I like I know that we've been chatting on Instagram for a while. A lot of our listeners know that that's normally how I engage with, you know, our guests before we end up, you know, jumping in to record. And I just love the content that you post. And I just think it's really amazing what you do. And can you tell us a little bit more about what made you want to take this leap into entrepreneurship and just tell us a little bit more about your story and why belly dancing? Um, I guess there's lots of threads to the story and I probably tell it in a different way slightly every time. I think with the entrepreneurship side, I really learned a lot as a child sitting under the desk while my dad was working at, at home. And I would hear him making business calls and the way that he kind of dealt with clients and and managed his business. And I think in a a kind of subliminal way, I I really took in a lot on that level, which has served me very well uh, as as I grew older and, and created my own business. I was dancing, studying dance from when I was three. I'm now 43. I saw a belly dance performance when I was seven and I actually don't remember seeing it, but there's um, photos from a local newspaper of the dance troupe, and I'm in the background. It's very, it was very strange how it happened. And the woman who is at the forefront of the, the picture ended up being my very first belly dance teacher when I was 15. So I just had a real fascination with ancient Egypt, and I. I guess a a knowing that I needed to be a dancer and that I wanted to be and that this was yeah something 
that I came here to do, that I was born to do. And so I, I've studied belly dance or Egyptian dance since uh, since that time when I was 15. And then along the way, as I've lived in different countries, I've studied other kinds of cultural dance mm -hmm. and um, and lots more in between as well. And then through through that, it was while I was living in India, I I was in a very showbiz world performing, and a lot of it started as a way of of me keeping myself sane. Like I would go to dynamic meditation or to Sufi whirling, um, to Gurdjieff uh, dance movement classes, and it was the the balance for me. Yeah. And um, and then after the or when I had the Kundalini awakening, I just got this very clear message that you have to create this therapy with belly dance. And, and if you don't do it, you're going to die. And this was the, the extent of the message that I got. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> you know, and go, go from this extreme polarity of the, the kind of showbiz side to something very healing and, and empowering and um, therapeutic. And yeah. so I, I spent the next eight years kind of exploring that to then bring it, yeah, bring Awaken Belly Dance into the world. I love it. I love your story. I just think you're so inspiring. And I'm sure it was also, I'm kind of going off the beaten track here, but was it, and please correct me if I'm wrong, like, I'm sure it was scary taking that leap. It's like, oh my gosh, this is what I've known. I've done this for celebrities. I've worked, you worked in Bollywood, like huge, you know, contracts, I'm sure. And then it's like, okay, now I'm going out on my own and I'm trying to create like almost something out of, you know, thin air. I'm sure at the time, even though you had this such strong, intuitive knowing that it would work, which I really value as well. I've leaned more into that side of myself within my business. And it's actually helped the business grow much faster and quicker than like when I was leaning more into that masculine side or kind of tuned out way of life. You know, um, I don't even know if masculine is the correct word for that, but can you tell me more about what that transition was like and how you've, you know, been able to evolve? Because I just love the mission behind what you do and tell us like more about what that work is versus, you know, what the celebrity and like Bollywood type of lifestyle would have been like. Yeah, it was really difficult. And I guess I was getting the whispers for around two years that I needed to leave India and um, and I was getting a very strong feeling to go to Bali. I was ignoring it a lot and because I yeah, I was really afraid and and I, I guess even though I, I didn't buy into the the ego side of it, I didn't actually realise how much of my identity was tied up in oh Katie, she's she's the belly dancer in India. Uh, because my Facebook and everything, it, it all revolved around that because managers would tell me, you know, don't post photos without makeup, don't post photos with your children. It was quite controlled in a way, even though I, I managed myself, which was also very unusual and, and especially in India. So I was in a very masculine world, uh, very competitive, um, and very ego driven. So, so again, to to not go into that was, although I didn't have any interest in it, but of course there's always temptations and 
things being offered to you and sort of having the the discipline to to just keep on an artistic track because for me it was about the dance and a, as an artist so so when I suddenly started to get this feeling of right I'm going to step away from performing or, or performing as it as I was doing it yeah it was huge and I I was in England at some point in that time to teach and I was sitting with my parents having dinner and I, and I said I think I'm going to stop performing or at least for a while and I mean my I think my dad nearly dropped his dinner <laughs> and he uh, and it's funny because my parents have always been really supportive and encouraging. They've never said to me, oh, you should get a proper job or, you know, they've always been really happy with what I've been doing. And my dad actually said then, well, well what will you do? You know, mm -hmm. it was like that was my script. And I said, I don't know, but I know that I, I have to change something. I think the hardest thing then was to to pack all because I had lots of costumes or I still have them and all my things and I knew I, I would maybe just keep one or two costumes with me I always have them just in case but everything else and all the props and everything just to yeah pack it away at my parents and um, and then yeah to leave India and and I just thought what am I doing you know this is the height of my career and um, and I literally did it overnight it was like boom right I'm I'm going. So then I went to Bali and, and I realised that I needed space really and, and to, I needed sleep as well. Many, many years of not having enough sleep and uh, just to really kind of cocoon myself. And over that two years that I was there and where, yeah, when Awakened Belly Dance really then came into the world, it was almost like realizing that I, yes, I had achieved more than I'd ever imagined with my dream job as a professional dancer, but I had to step away from the dream to create another dream and the next level that, that was going to fulfill me. So in, in that way, it kind of is masculine and feminine, how it feels to me. It was like, yes, belly dance is very sensual and very feminine and beautiful. But to work in that world, you have to be very masculine, really, and, and aggressive sometimes to kind of fight your corner and be paid and, uh, yeah, to even get a drink of water sometimes. You have to demand, and which also is not natural <laughs> for me. And then to, to kind of birth this very feminine, also very beautiful and very empowered Awaken Belly Dance into the world, it, it then gave me this balance. Yeah. And uh, so the last eight years has been yeah, in, in evolving Awaken Belly Dance and spreading the word, really, and spreading the dance. I love it. Oh, my gosh. It's so beautifully how you describe it, because I can only imagine, you know, like this world of not show business, but it is kind of like that. It like feels like this heavy competitive lifestyle. Like I said, I'm not sure if that's the correct terminology, but it feels very competitive, you know? Um, and I can only imagine what it's like living in that, like the no sleep, the stress, like I can relate to that on a micro scale. My boyfriend used to be a bartender, so he was like never sleeping at all, much, much different, but also kind of similar, like lack of sleep is so important as well. And like feeding into your body. And that's what I love that you do now. And you said earlier that 
you kind of always found sanity through belly dancing. Can you tell me more about that and what that looks like when you're working with your clients and just like this different type of expression? Because I know a lot of my listeners probably have not dabbled in this, but it could be very helpful for them, even just like on a daily basis, you know, to be reconnecting with this side of themselves. Yeah. And I mean, it's really movement. It, belly dance is amazing especially for women because it the focus is so much on our womb and on our hips and and on the heart as well uh it i mean it's a whole body workout if you you can look at it just from the physical side of it 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 is an amazing workout for women for pregnancy post-pregnancy everything but movement in general is so amazing for our bodies and and this was something that i grasped from a a really young age as i said from when i was three i I started with ballet and and i knew that when i went to dance class i felt happy or when i danced around at home me and my sister would always be making shows for our family at christmas and things and and we would practice and i always felt happy no matter what was happening or dancing equaled feeling good yeah so so i guess at at the basis of it it still means this to me that just the smallest movement it's like a a release and it brings more flow and flexibility into your physical body and the more that you're releasing your physical body the more relaxed your mind is going to be and your emotions so you can do really simple things for yourself with or without music that you can take an emotion or a fear or a worry that you have on on a particular day and and just ask your body to to move you through that emotion so fear of not having enough money to pay the rent that month so it's like a (laughs) a pretty general obvious one so you can say okay body close your eyes and okay body truth how does this fear of lack of money move me how, mm. how can i express this and and it doesn't even have to look like a dance you know it can be any kind of movement at all it doesn't have to make sense or or look aesthetically pleasing because it's not for a performance and and the more that you can surrender to that and trust your mm-hmm. body's intelligence, the more free you can become. And you can use it at any level. So this can be like epigenetically, how we carry our, our ancestors' experiences and fears and emotions. I, I work with this a lot with people and for myself as well. It's so surprising how much we're bound by all this stuff that actually isn't ours, whether it's come from the collective, the conditioning, from religion, from culture, from yeah, from our lineage and the expectations that the world has of us and, and how we get more and more bound in this, the more we can explore it and almost like pieces of a puzzle, like, okay, yeah, this you might not even know exactly where it comes from, but you know that it isn't yours to carry. And through your body's movement, it's like opening locks. And and instead of thinking as as your body being locked, think of it as you are locking your body. Your body's actually got the answers and the the keys. 
so it what we're doing with the wake and belly dance we're we're finding where we've locked ourselves down or we've allowed ourselves to be locked down and um and how to free ourselves from ourselves. Oh my gosh. I love that we're talking about this. And I wanted to ask you about this. This weekend, I was re-listening to a podcast episode uh, with Joe Dispenza, actually. And he was talking about how the body is like the subconscious mind. And that thought, like right before we were coming on here to chat, I was like, this is so weird how aligned this is. And hearing you say that of like unlocking this, because I think when people hear these larger concepts, like at least for me, it's like, okay, that makes sense. But how do you fix that? You know, like sometimes fighting brain with brain or like logic with logic doesn't really unlock those emotions. Like I know for me, that's been a struggle on my journey because I'm very logical. So I try to fight my unlogical thoughts with logic and it's like, that's not going to fix anything, but it sounds like with this, you know, this is unique. Yeah. Because you're, you're kind of not bypassing the logical mind, but you're, you're going in the back door. Yeah. you're going sort of behind the control systems and sort of helping your logical self or your controlling self feel safe. And then through that safety and trust, then the other parts of you relax and open that you can then access in a, a different way. If your logical mind could sort this stuff out, it would have done it a long, long time ago. Yeah. We, wouldn't be, we wouldn't be in the situations that we are. So it obviously isn't the logical mind that has the keys, it's the unknown. And then this can sometimes be almost, it's like where the idea of, you know, like stand in the fear and do it anyway. But if you can stand in the fear and not be afraid to do it anyway, and know that there's something bigger and better for you, if you can step out of those patterns and controls. Yeah. It's so on point that we're talking about all of this, like I was saying, because it's hard, it's challenging, you know, like those patterns, at least in my experience, are sometimes ingrained from like childhood, you know, like I remember like my experiences happened when I was five, six years old, sometimes even like what you were saying, like you remember when you were three and you were learning dance and I'm sure that there was a part of you that maybe had to unlearn some of that like structure you know that was put on you and I have a hard time with that as well like with business it's like this is what I thought you know a business would look like and in reality my business is so spiritual and like very connected to my feminine side so when I live in that masculine I'm repelling you know those like feminine energies or just letting things happen or come to me. And I'm, I'm so inspired that you were able to make this transition. Like you said, like overnight, you know, you just knew that it was calling and you had to do it. So tell me more about, you know, like what that was like, if you're comfortable sharing, like unlearning some of those, you know, masculine beliefs around dance overall. Yeah. This structure and control had a very, lifelong uh, unlearning i would say and even sometimes it's like you can have all the best intentions to to Mm -hmm. unlearn but you can still be stuck in it and not really know where where you're stuck so what i found over the years is 
some things have happened very easily and simply almost like okay I see it and poof it's like okay I get it now and, and that's I can move on from it but then there's other things and especially the last two or three years I, I've been really focused on some particular ancestral healing mm -hmm. and I've been working on this stuff since I was 15 and it's like layers upon layers upon layers and and still finding like the next step and the next step and realizing where yeah where I've still been conditioned through that so I think that this is something that's a lifelong process and it needs continuous work and but work in the best way not that it's a chore it's it's something that we're choosing to do every day and some days it might be more than others but it's like having that self-responsibility to really create the best the best version of you and and i really feel that that's one reason that we're all here to evolve out of our conditioning yeah yeah i think ultimately it's the integration of this masculine and feminine aspects of us and or shadow and light or you know all the gray and everything it, it's how we can bring all of this together and and utilize it because I, I always say to people imagine how much energy you're using to hide these parts of you that you don't want to acknowledge or that you're ashamed of or that you want to change or you, you don't want people to know about you you're using so much energy to hide this and if you can allow this to be seen even at least by yourself it frees up so much creative energy for you that can be used in so many ways and also brings more integration and because we what's thought of as masculine and feminine is like we need all of those attributes it's not that one is better than the other or worse than the other we do need to be disciplined and we need to have structure but it's not to the extent that it's like a something so fixed and then yeah. on the other side we do need flow and intuition and spontaneity but again if it's too much then we're lost in the cloud so how to bring that together and weave that into our life oh my gosh i love it i i feel like like i said like this is the journey that i'm on it feels like that part of my journey you know um because i feel like and i'm not sure if you can relate to this but with my healing like one day like what you're saying it's like very ancestral where it's like not as masculine and feminine at least it doesn't feel that way at that moment as i'm unpacking it and then there's moments where i'm like Ooh, like I'm really showing up with a lot of masculine energy, like this past week or this day, like I really try to look at it minute to minute, but it also is tiring. And I, do you ever have your clients kind of say that to you? Like, this is just so, so exhausting at times um, because, you know, like, especially when you first start, it's like, I'm so, so drained because you're like having to retrain your mind to look at your patterns and, you know, look at them with sensitivity and beauty, but also like, maybe that's something that's not serving me. It can be like confusing and exhausting. Like, what do you do with those clients that might, you know, feel tired by some of this work? I mean, if it's in a training, because often as with Awake and Belly Dance, it's residential. So we're 
we're all together 24 7 for so far it's been 16 days but i for the next one i'm making it 18 days from now because I, we need some extra time mostly i just have to laugh and i'm not laughing at them yeah people will say i can't do it you know it's too hard let, yeah. let me out like uh, i'm captive in this house and yeah. and it's like it's too much and um and i say to them look you know, come on, you made this choice to be here and you just have to laugh that it, it's got to to such a, a point that it, it feels, yeah, that you're making it so hard for yourself. Yeah. Because it, it's coming from from you, you know, like how, how you're sabotaging yourself within that. And I can really see sometimes with people and also when I do the one-to-one work and online, a lot comes up and... Yeah. It, and then things will change in their life as well, which is almost like the universe saying, okay, are you sure you want this to change? <laughs> like, oh. I'll, I'll give you a situation to deal with so that it's mirroring what's come up in the session. So it can be a bit of a shock sometimes yeah. for people because it, it, it's like, yeah, they see how their outer and outer and inner world is reflecting each other. And I, I just, I give them space and and encouragement really i'm i'm like the you know the one at the end of the finish line like come on you can do it let's do this like you know like you have the power you yeah like you haven't come this far to give up now so yeah i'm a a bit of a kind of uh, (laughs) kick-ass i won't let them escape but i'm like pushing like a it's a a can um yeah, like a continual pushing along. Yeah. yeah, because it is like hard, you know, and I, I think like another thing that I recently had come up this past few weeks, which it's like interesting when you start to heal because it does get easier every day, you know, like and then it just is kind of becomes habit or natural. Like even if you do have intrusive thoughts or you're starting to have these revelations around healing as you go deeper and deeper, like how you were saying the layers, it's not as scary because you've overcome so many other past beliefs before it's like habitual at that point. But yeah, like when you're early on, it's also a lot of emotion that came up for me. It was like, emotions that I had never even let myself feel or think. And I know a lot of people have this belief where it's like, okay, if I'm sad, I can't be happy, you know, but in reality, feel both of those emotions at once, you know, and that can be confusing for a lot of us. And I'm sure when they're going through this healing, it's, they're having that same revelation. It's like, I want to move forward, but I'm also freaked out. Like, why am I just feeling this now in this house with like all of these people, you know, it's like no place to run to, but I can imagine that that's actually easier in that moment to really just face it head on. Like, especially when you have someone supporting you 24 seven, because it's in those early stages. Like I know for myself, I fell back into a lot of patterns and started doing, you know, things that I used to do. And it might even just be old thought patterns. And even now I may struggle with them still, but it's much more uh, spaced out in time, you know, like I have the space in between. So tell me more, you know, about like the thought patterns, like, are you able to help them kind of unlearn that thought? Because I know that a lot of that obviously stems from ancestral beliefs as well. It's like passed down behaviors. Yeah, in a similar way, really, of thinking that our body is this 
entanglement of mm -hmm. thoughts, belief programs, physical ailments, and it's like spaghetti that we're detangling. And and this could be in yeah, in any kind of form. Because even if it's if it's thoughts, if you're thinking something enough, you're creating an, an energy, like a thought form. So it's finding those places where it's maybe attached or stuck in the body and and again looking at it and why why do I keep going back to that way of thinking and why am I sabotaging myself and and a lot comes back to um, yeah like disempowerment and not feeling worthy and being afraid to to be here and be in a body like for for people that are very empathic the world is so overpowering and yeah. and they're so or we <laughs> are so sensitive to feeling everything and from everyone yeah. that it's it's much uh, easier and feels safer to to really not be in our body and to be kind of out there somewhere daydreaming and on the astral plane but this doesn't help very much for living in a, a 3d reality where we're dealing with sort of more material things so i have a lot of people that um yeah that have this fear of of really being in their body and and owning their body and um so learning how to be more embodied grounded connected with the earth connected with themselves and this can be so transformative for people uh to actually really feel like they're here and present for the first time maybe in our life and of course a lot of this like the dissociation can come from um, like abuse and trauma PTSD and um, so it's is helping people to feel safe that is safe to be in their body and safe to be seen again for me this transformation of Katie glamorous belly dancer um, posting these kind of photos and things to then being out in the jungle, <laughs> you know, like running these courses and things and very back to nature. It was a, a really big transformation for people to see and and to get their heads around. So I, it took me a couple of years probably to, to transform my connections on social media as well. Yeah. To make it resonate with it. Yeah, to be more connected with the, the people that fitted this and, and that I felt more, yeah, more a resonation with. And then it was this thing of being seen that, mm -hmm. oh, so, okay, you're a belly dancer, but healing with belly dance, like what, what on earth is that? And how, how can you have created this? And, and this was really one of my biggest self-sabotages. It was like, you know, who, who do you think you are? Yeah. You know, like, who are you to do this? And I had to change this to who am I not to do this? And this became my, and still is my mantra. It was like, who am I not to do this? You know, like, I have to present this to the world and I, and I have to really be fully seen in it mm -hmm. and, um, and own it and, and believe and trust that it works and trust my body that this information is coming through. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that you said that. I'm going to, I think that that will be our title. Who am I not to do this? I really resonate with that because I'm, I'm having like a weird imposter syndrome moment. I've, I've shared this throughout the show too. Like 
I'm kind of transitioning more into coaching now, um, which is so funny. Like I've been like a coach to my family, like my whole life, you know, like emotional coach or like whatever, like I'm very empathic, just like you. So we pick up on those things. And sometimes we just like know what to say to people, you know, um, because we know how they're feeling. So it's like a unique shift for me. And I, again, like I had the same type of feeling. It's like, oh, well, what are people going to think when I'm moving away from Instagram and doing this? And then I was like, well, it can be like intuitive marketing coaching, you know, like taking both of my gifts and morphing them together. So it's been a difficult journey, but the more you can exactly ask yourself, like, who am I not to do this? It's, it really is our gift, you know, and we might be doing disservice by not sharing, you know, and like, yeah, like hiding. And there's this word called synarchy, which I discovered a couple of years ago. And it means that Everybody has their unique role and very special role, but it's not to the detriment of everybody else. It's like everyone has their their job and their path, but it's all supporting. So a bit like a honeycomb. Everybody is there and it's more in a community way. And one person becomes more empowered and everybody becomes more empowered. So there's a, a constant rising up and a, a sort of authentic community networking feel about it and I really love this idea and and that we we all have our yeah our special gift that we came to share with the world it's so true I'm like a firm believer in that as well it's like we all have our journey our gift you know exactly like what you said oh my gosh that was just so beautifully said and I hope that our listeners let that sink in you know like take a minute to realize that each individual person has a gift or has something. And if you haven't found that yet, you know, it's okay. You're just probably on the journey towards discovering it and maybe doing something like this awakening belly dancing or, you know, intuitive type of work will help you find that gift too. Cause I know for me, like, I love how you mentioned the PTSD earlier, like two years ago, about two years ago now, um, I was diagnosed with PTSD. So being out of my body always feels safer. Like even now it's, it's difficult. Like I love being present with my body. So like, I know I'm going through that transition, you know, where it's like, I like it, but it's hard. It's like the pattern because now I just have to remind myself, like when I am outside of my body, how much I enjoy being present and really like taking in the moment versus being somewhere off on those planes. I love how you said that. Cause that's how it like feels when you're out of your body, your body's kind of tense, you know, how you mentioned earlier too. So really just being able to come back to that present moment and like release it in your body. I'm like, I need to work with you. I think that that's something that would really do me some justice. Cause I have different pains in my body and it's like, unique when I maybe am not as present I can feel them more you know when I eventually come back kind of thing yeah this is something I realized for myself is that often when people are are out of their body a lot they have a very high pain threshold Mm. because you aren't really fully feeling your body when I began to connect more with my emotions and be very, again, disciplined. Like I have a, a morning routine that I do to like 
be, get back in my body fully, um, because at night I'm wandering around on the astral and I just really focus on being in my body, being present, cleaning yeah. my energy and, and making a, an energetic boundary around myself as well. And I found that the more that I did this and the more connected to my emotions that I became, the my very, very high pain threshold got a bit lower. Yeah. And I thought, what? How is what is this? <laughs> Why does everything hurt more? And then I realized it's because I'm actually here and mm-hmm. and I'm allowing myself to feel. I'm not blocking my emotions and I'm not living in a, a state of fear. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and it completely changes the way that you experience your body and, mm-hmm. and, and how you experience the world. And, and then I found that my life got much more easier. It, it didn't feel like a battle anymore of like kind of not really wanting to be in my body but at the same time battling to be in it and and then by by not being in my body of course there's nothing that sort of personal power isn't there to to give you the momentum yeah this material world so there, I mean, there's lots and lots of different elements, but it sounds so simple, okay, to be in your body and be present. But when you do this and, and you make this part of your, yeah, your, your daily life, yeah. life gets easier. This is for sure. And yeah. For manifesting for everything. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I I feel like you described that's like exactly how I feel. And I remember like when I was first going through therapy, I was in conventional therapy. So I was describing this to my therapist and I don't think she could really like piece it together. You know, it's like a little bit too out there, but that's exactly how it feels. It was like, I was feeling pain for the first time in my life. And even now, like this weekend, I was working on the garage And I probably like hit a limit, but I would force past that limit, you know, rather than letting my body rest and like picking up on the work later. It's like, I have to learn the balance still of like what my body can take, you know? And it's so interesting because when I was feeling like back pain yesterday from like painting for three hours or whatever, (laughs) it's like normally I would have never felt the pain, you know, but it doesn't mean that my body wasn't in pain. I just wasn't present enough to feel it before, you know, it's like so unique. And I love that you had described it like that. And I also love that you said being out there during the night, like that's something that I do now as well. I'll do my breath work and meditations in the morning, like before I even get out of bed. And it really helps me reconnect, you know, and kind of like set myself up for the day. Because if not, I'm totally like, I'm still dreaming, you know, like while I'm awake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And And then it's like, okay, so... Am I dreaming awake? Am I sleeping in the dream? What's the our perceived reality and what's our dreaming reality? And we're we're experiencing all of it. Mm-hmm. So then where's the separation and, and is there a separation? Yeah. So yeah, this is uh, something that really interests me as well. It's um, this kind of conscious trance awakened. Yeah awakened sleep. It's so interesting that you say that as well. Like, I think once you start on this journey, it's easier to pick up when other people are in that state as well. Like, 
people go in and out of this state, I believe like on a, most people on a daily basis or even minute to minute, you know, like when they're processing something, they could be out there in that state, but like unaware of it, you know, it's like very unique. So now when I'm sitting with people, I just try to be like curious about (laughs) whatever we're talking about or like the state that they're in, the state that I'm in and just gaining more awareness around the situation also will help me like, I guess, reconnect to that present moment. It becomes like kind of like a curiosity game instead of this like chore, how you mentioned earlier, it's like, oh, I have to like get back into my body again. You know, it's like, no, just be aware of where everybody else is, you know? And like, that brings me back to the present moment too, probably because I, we're empaths, you know, like that might also be why that helps me reconnect, you know? in that setting, but I was curious if you ever, you know, I'm sure you, because you work with people in this state, you're probably very aware, you know, when they're, they tend to not be present. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like a, a little uh, fisherwoman catching them <laughs> with my net. And of course, because the whole thing with this mirroring that happens. Yeah. So because I've been through this and it's been a, a challenge for me, um to yeah to be in my body of course i attract people that need the same support because i've been through it and i and i've learned how to do that and as well as all the other things in my life that i've been through it's like you see these mirrors of yourself maybe at different ages at different stages so then it's even easier because you yeah, you recognize and, and you know, and people sometimes say to me, how did you know I didn't do anything? I didn't even look at you or speak. And and I say, no, believe me, I can feel it. It's like, yeah. I can see from your body language, from everything. And, yeah. and, and of course, because I have a lot of experience as well now. So you see, you see the patterns in within people that show up again and again and and how this pattern leads to this that leads to this and so you you kind of build up a a toolkit of how to yeah how to recognize how to support somebody with that and it's been really amazing as well with awakened belly dance because i've actually got a lot of people who are therapists and psychologists and psychotherapists themselves and they've come to train with me and psychiatric nurses and they've come for themselves for their own healing process because in their profession there's not necessarily something deep enough to support them yeah. so they're supporting everybody and and they may be yeah very they're empathic and you know or maybe sort of tuned in in a different way and, and like you said when you went for therapy and it was a bit too out there grasp of what was happening for you so lots and lots of people have come because of this and because they they need to unwind from from their professional work supporting other people and yeah and um yeah and they yeah they want to look at their own journey so this has been really amazing and um and a, a sort of unexpected nice surprise that that people have this trust in me as well to support them in that. 
My gosh, I love it. And I think that everyone that works in that type of profession, or even if you're, you know, on the edge of like discovering your intuition and unclear on it, like give it a go, you know, like that's the way I see it. It's like, why not try it, you know? And if it works, because it probably will, you'll feel amazing after the end of it, you know? I think so many people are like blocked off, especially I find like in the obviously like, like westernized type of society they just don't have that same need or calling but opening up my world through online entrepreneurship has like totally changed my life you know like I talk to my people like in my everyday and it's it's very high concepts like what we're talking about is obviously not something most people discuss in their daily life so it's challenging sometimes when you don't have that community. And I think that you're offering such a beautiful community and holding that space, as you said several times throughout the episode and allowing them to just be, you know, like so much of society is the next thing, the next conversation, the next question, you know, instead of just sitting with it and dealing, working with our stuff, you know, and not suppressing it, how you mentioned too. Yeah, I, th- I think it's really important to, yeah, to be ourselves and to be true yeah. to ourselves because otherwise we're constantly hiding behind masks and I put this mask on when I go to there, I put this mask on for this person and this situation and what, why, why can't we just be true and authentic and yeah, and and not take shit, you know, this is the, the thing, it's why should we keep quiet when we see something unjust or yeah. when our boundaries have been compromised? It's, yeah, we, we really need to speak our truth. And, and mm-hmm. I think now the way how the world is changing so much, it's like business and the way that we communicate, the way that we live, everything has to change because it, it's not working. It's, yeah. uh, it's really not working in, in the way that we have been living for a very, very long time. And, um, and I think now we have an opportunity to make these changes and be really conscious about how we, how we want to go forward from here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I couldn't agree more. It's, it's confusing out there, you know, and being able to say what you believe and firmly, you know, understand that that's your belief and how you want to articulate it. And like, for me, a lot of my work has been around like my reactions and how I show up and am able to express myself. And this is reflected in every relationship, like even my relationship with my puppy, you know, like it got scared. <laughs> deep. Um, and the more I've been able to express myself in that aligned, you know, reaction, I find that I can trust myself more as well. So it just keeps building and building how you mentioned that. And then you're able to express yourself in a way that people hear you and, you know, can accept your expression as well. Like I think growing up where I grow up, like I'm from Philadelphia. So a lot of us are very reactive and don't always articulate, you know, in the best language. So that was difficult for 
for me, but now I realize how much I've been able to grow, like even within those relationships and go deeper, you know, and really learn about people instead of always going in with like my assumptions as well, you know, like with my reactions. But I, I love how you said changing the world through being able to really like connect to that throat chakra. I really resonate with that. Um, especially on things like social media, it's like we can express ourselves in a way that can change how people approach one another or see the world or have these negative beliefs, you know, that really aren't true. Most of the time, it's just kind of a narrative that we've been told, you know, <laughs> we can untold tell the narrative, you know, like we have the power, what you said. Yeah. And, and we each have a voice and mm-hmm. a body and how are we going to use this vehicle for the best of of the world? And um, even if you feel like, oh, I I don't know enough people or people don't know what I'm doing or what I want to do, it's like a, a pebble in the water and still those ripples will reach out in whatever way you can use your voice. And, and this was also, for me, in this transition from India to awaken belly dance and everything. And I thought to myself, okay, that people, like I have students and people are, are sort of following what I do. Yeah. So how can I use my voice? And and for the, for the best possible, but without having an agenda. So it, I'm not pushing my own agenda. I'm... I'm just trying to give a different perspective okay. so that it expands the way that we can think about things and, yeah. and how my perspective has also evolved as well. And, uh, and I think everybody can do this. And even if, if it has an effect on one person, it's still one person. Or even on your puppy. Yes. Yeah. It's so true. You know, we have to use our voice. I love, I feel like that is a perfect segue for you to tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you and what's the best way if they have, you know, more questions around this. And I think, you know, that voice part, like, again, I just really want all of you guys listening to think about that and think about if you are using your voice and if it's how you want to use your voice, you know, um, because Katie's really going to be such a great connection for you all moving forward on how to really solidify that. And I don't hear many people talking about this topic. So this is really like an awesome episode. Thank you so much for coming on. So tell me more about, yeah, how we can all get in touch with you. Yeah. And well, and just to add um, quickly as well, I think it is more than our voice It's the choices and the actions Mm -hmm. that we make. So even if you're not saying it, it's the way that you live your life, the way mm-hmm. where you put your money, you know, where where are you going to spend your money and um, spend your time? Like all of this adds to it, and it's all yeah. That actions speak louder than words. It's um, the smallest actions can have huge possibilities. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a combination of of all of it. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really love talking to you as well. So yeah, to contact me, I have a website. It's awakenedbellydance.com. And um, you can subscribe to my mailing list. And when you subscribe, you get a free uh, PDF download. And it's called Staying Centered in the Marketplace. So 
meaning how to stay grounded within all of the chaos of the world and your emotions and everything so there's there's lots of tips and um, there's a couple of video links that I made on uh, YouTube which are for grounding and uh, cleaning your energy and this like energy protection um, so the YouTube channel is also Awaken Belly Dance and there's lots of videos on there there's some um, workshops as well and more interviews and um, yeah and then Instagram Awaken Belly Dance, Facebook Awaken Belly Dance, uh, yeah, all of that. You can uh, you can follow me and the facilitators, and we've got a nice community. And there's um, facilitators all around the world as well. There's one, the first one came from the US this year. Yeah, so we're we're spreading. And yeah, and it's very much about community and how to yeah how to support each other in being as empowered as we possibly can be so I, I offer one-to-one -one, uh, sessions um, which are like self-development sessions and also there's a, a seven session course which acts as a prerequisite to taking the full training I usually hold the training once or twice a year and then um, I do webinars as well and uh, sort of various workshops and um, yeah, there's all kinds of different things. So you can keep a lookout on the website and then I send a newsletter out every month as well. Oh, great. Thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed like our conversation and we'll have all the links below for you guys as well, um, as well as more information on Katie. So you can read up on her in the show notes below, of course. And then we'll have all of her links for you guys to get in touch and stay in the know of upcoming things that she'll be going on. I'm definitely subscribing to the mailing list. So thank you so much for saying that. I can't wait to read the PDF too. <laughs> Yeah. And, and also I run retreats as well. So these are adventures into, um, yeah, in different countries. And I'm hoping from next year, obviously with travel again, that we can uh, get those up and running more. And um, I've got one happening in Egypt in uh, March 23. So, yeah, so lots of, um, yeah, like sacred dance and yoga retreats. I really love it. I love taking people on adventures. Yes. Oh my gosh. That sounds so fun. We'll have to have you back on to tell us about the adventures that you've done and give us some more insight into the retreats because those sound wonderful. And I'm definitely going to have a look. I haven't been to Egypt yet, but it's definitely on, you know, the bucket list. So <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, just so everybody knows one more time, everything will be linked in the show notes below. And thank you so much, Katie, for your time today. Thank you, Caitlin. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to The End in Mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer Def several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time.